All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. Going tonight early. Uh, Phil's done some traveling, so we wanted to get it in and not have it just be me and Shane. So um, Shane doesn't appreciate that. Shane, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, Matt. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. That's Excited fun. to uh, have a three-man show. So I don't got to be uh, just giving long-winded, nonsensical answers. Yeah. Just nonsense. Just nonsensical, man. I guess uh, if this was the Manning cast, I'd be Peyton, you'd be Eli, and Phil would be Phil Mickelson. <laughs> Phil, how you doing, buddy? Sea uh, Wolf season looking pretty bleak. Bitcoin crashing, so personal financial life also in ruins. My favorite movie, Batman, tells me that the night is darkest just before the dawn. But I've got a bad feeling that. <laughs> Winter is coming for the Seawolves. Winter is here, and a dark one it will be. <laughs> can always count on you for a, a great intro. Appreciate that. Um, I don't really know how to how to segue into that. So <laughs> I was just, I was, we watched uh, we watched that game Monday night. I'm sure most people did. It was just absolutely spot on watching Mickelson. I honestly felt the whole time I was like. We're sitting here watching Phil Bruce like talk to these guys. Like, it's like the, it, it was just uncanny. Like the the sense of humor, like and, like the mannerism, it's just like the same thing. A few of the comments he made, I'm sitting there and thinking, if I was on this show, I would be saying that exact same thing. Just <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just watching Phil right now. There's like, a lot of talk eye, to these guys. Yeah, there's a lot of like eye contact where what he says is completely unbelievable, and the reaction that people <laughs> give him are like, what? And he's just looking at them like. What, what did I say that was weird? <laughs> just a, a lot of that going yeah. on. Yeah. All right, so just I was... Like, whoops, dry sense of humor. I was, uh, I was in charge of trivia tonight. So the man in the arena uh, debuted last night. <clears throat> Got me thinking about Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. So there have been eight quarterbacks <clears throat> taken number one overall that have won a Super Bowl. Two of them I'll give you because they're older. Terry Bradshaw and Jim Plunkett. I'll give you those guys because I don't know if we are up to date on our 1970s draft history. So I'm looking for the other six quarterbacks that have been taken number one overall to be a Super Bowl champion. Uh... Let's get the embarrassment out early, but I think I'm right on this one. Mr. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning is correct. Two Super Bowls, one with the Colts, <laughs> one with the Broncos. I appreciate you taking that one first. Oh, <laughs> oh man. I will go with John Elway. John Elway, also a two-time Super Bowl champion, both with the Broncos. He's won a couple, uh, at least one Super Bowl, I guess, as a uh, executive as well. Four more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like there's been a lot recently. And the further we go back in time, 
the likelihood of me embarrassing myself increases. <laughs> I have at least two more. I'm trying to think. The, the problem is a lot of those guys in the nineties. I'm just not. I can't remember when they were drafted. How about how about a Montana? No, that's that's incorrect. Joe Montana was not taken first overall. He is in fact the Super Bowl champion, so I'll give you credit for that. Um, Can I pretend like I didn't understand the question? That's you know the fact that you at least named a Super Bowl champion is better than you do most weeks. So uh, I'm good with <laughs> Thank that. Thank you. No I, I know it takes a lot for you to say that. I was expecting Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield to come out. So. <laughs> well, I'll take the, I'll take the low hanging fruit, I guess, for the win. Um, how about Eli Manning? <laughs> Eli Manning taking number one overall, as documented on the Manning cast. Phil was probably asleep when they were talking to Phil Rivers. Um, but yes, Eli Manning, also two-time Super Bowl champion, both with the New York Giants. Do you, uh, you going to hop back in here, Phil? Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, go, go ahead, Shane, if you have some way. Well, my next one I have is Troy Aikman, I believe, was number one overall. Troy Aikman was number one overall. Uh, I believe he's a three-time Super Bowl champion, uh, taking number one um, out of UCLA. So, two left. And both... Oh, how, bo- how, how many? Uh, is it, there's two on this list. Two left, and both of them did not play... In the Super Bowl. I, say, I, I think I have one more. Go for it. And I was just gonna I was just gonna ask you, did they have to they actually have to be the starting quarterback? Nope. Because I was watching the show last night and Drew Bledsoe was the number one pick for the Patriots. Drew Bledsoe is on this list. He in fact was a number one overall pick. So um, let the record show I was gonna say Bledsoe, but I could not remember when he was drafted. Hmm. There's one left and this is uh, by far the hardest one. Of the bunch. Oh man! I am so. Mm, I'm gonna guess. Fuck. I'm just gonna throw out Michael Vick because I know he was one overall and he was a backup at a lot of different teams. No, it's not Michael Vick. the right kind of idea. Yes. Yeah, I think this guy was a backup for a couple teams. Backup for a couple teams that went number one overall. He actually was in our group chat in the last couple weeks. He was in our group chat? We spoke about him. If you're watching television, mm. Mm. Um, Carr, David Carr. David Carr was Eli Manning's backup oh in the Giants Super Bowl. Cool. I just remember us talking about how <laughs> yeah. he's going to be, uh, his brother's going to be MVP this year. Yes. <laughs> yep. So David Carr is the sixth answer to my question. So. 
Nice job on trivia tonight, fellas. I wouldn't have got that without the uh, without the hint. Yeah, that was that was hard. I thought him and Bledsoe would be hard. Um, well, yeah, Bledsoe would have been hard, except I watched Man the Arena last night, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so. Now, when you stop talking about it, we all know you watched it. <laughs> I have not. So now, now you bring it up, let me talk a little bit more about this. <laughs> it was so good. I have not seen it yet. I'm looking forward to watching it sometime this weekend. All right, well, we can get into the Week 11 games. Um, not even, even going to recap Week 10. My man. Well, I'm hoping, I'm hoping Micah will give us a written recap this week. Um, not a whole lot to talk about. You won in an 80-point effort again. Um, sure did. Phil, like no. Phil and I lost again. Um, you know, just... Typical, typical week. Remember that time I said the Seawolves were going to lose 60 to 55 and Phil said it wasn't going to be that bad? It was worse. Uh, Kyler was looking like he was going to play. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was worse. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> worse. record show. And Fegley finds himself at 5-5 five and five with now having A.J. Dillon as the lead running back. So we'll get into his matchup, I'm sure. But... Let's just start off with two horrible teams. Uh, Team Ice Cream and the Denver Desert Dogs. Two and eight versus three and seven. Uh, right now I am a 43 point favorite. Chromebooks have the everything on. <laughs> Not great. Um, <laughs> please, please unsubscribe. <laughs> Miles Sanders will probably play this week and get into Ice Cream's lineup. Um, so that should boost his projection a little bit. But right now it sits at 43. Now, I'm Elijah Mitchell in question for this week for the Desert Dogs. Terry McLaren uh, and CeeDee Lamb also popped up on the injury report this week. Um, we'll start off with Mike Kosicki. My tight end, uh, I guess he's actually a flex play this week for me. Projected for 10 points. Um, goose egg last week, seven targets. Didn't catch one of them. Just outstanding stuff. Um, my question for Mike Kosicki, he's at the Jets. Kosicki's normally done well against uh, poor defensive teams. Do you have him over or under the 10-point projection this week? <sighs> He's been pretty solid this year. Um, first of all, I'll say, God, you know, Kaz is going for the please don't jinx my squad. I know I need everything to go right. So let's, let's just talk about my backup tight end. Um, That's fair. <laughs> Hello, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't talk about Najee or... <laughs> well, Najee, Najee. Yeah, we can talk about Najee. How many how many times will they be inside the 10 and he won't get touches? If you want me to get very angry, then we can talk about the other guys on my team. Let's just stick with Kasiki. It's a family show, all right? Steelers are pathetic. Can we not talk about Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. But, but anyway, Kasiki did pretty good. Uh, other than the goose egg last week, still tied at number four somehow on the year. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if that speaks of how well he's played or how bad the tight end position has been behind yes. the, top, the top three guys. Um, but yeah, I Jets are a bad team. Um, clearly, 
I think just if he gets back into the uh, five, six catch area, um, give me give me just over ten. I don't think he scores. Man, the tight end position has been brutal this year. Just Brugaseki. Hawkinson had a zero point effort last week. I I don't know what where to turn with these guys. I have no idea what to expect out of them this week. But I do have a feeling it's going to be a good week. Uh, I like over 10. I'd be happy with four for 50, honestly, at this point. Just can't, I can't stomach another zero. I feel like I've had a couple goose eggs this year. And I don't even have John Brown on my team. So I'm not sure how that's happening. But um, I'll say under 10, but I think it's close. Think it's more like his average of nine, and that's pretty poor. That the number four tight end is averaging nine points a week. Let's just let's just say that. Yeah, I mean, when I saw four there, I mean, I had to go out here and look and see like who the hell are these tight ends? Like, I mean, it's Kelsey and Andrews. Obviously, have been the top guys, but then oh my god, it's it's bad. Um, it is just been a pathetic year. I mean. Got Kelsey, Andrews, Hunter Henry's number three right now. <laughs> yeah, he's in Pitts, Pitts, Waller, Hawkinson, but no one doing anything like production-wise. Everyone's under ten points a game, pretty much. So crazy. Yeah, it's not been. Uh, it's definitely not been the best tight end season. I feel like we've been saying that for a couple of years now. Um, let's talk about Russell Wilson over on uh, Spears' side, did not look good in his return last week, despite his 19 hours of rehab a day that was reported. Um, he gets Arizona this week. Arizona had a pathetic outing last week against Carolina. I know we said Russ would bounce back against Green Bay last week, but um, he didn't. Do you think he does this week? I do. I do. Um, I think we're, we're pretty much all... RW truthers on this on this podcast and very rare to see Russ put up back to back clunkers. Um Green Bay defense is playing like the best defense in the league right now. They've, they've been playing pretty well for, for the last month or so. Um tough matchup just coming back. I, I think he gets a little better, a little sweeter matchup. Arizona's still a little banged up across the board. Back at home. Um pencil Russ in for, for a twenty five point effort this week. I like that 25 number a lot. I agree. First game action back. Not a great matchup. Give him some time to settle in. With him not having the huge first half of the year, I wonder if with the rest of the season, he's got some room to grow and and become QB1 overall the rest of the way. Uh, The door is definitely open. And this game's going to be... very telling on if he can get there. But I, I do like a good effort this one. He's projected for 19.6. Um, if there's one more touchdown than he's projected to, that would get him to the 25 range. Um, I, I'm curious to see what this game script will be this week. Um, if Kyler plays, I think it could be more of a uh, more of a fast-paced game. We'll see. I, I don't know what Kyler's health is going to lean to. This could be just end up being a slow matchup on both sides um, if Kyler's not healthy or if Colt McCoy's out there. So, um, 
I will say under the 25-point uh, effort, but I do think Russ looks more like himself uh, this week. I'll take my squad to win, and if we don't, I, I don't have anything left to say. So, just might close up the podcast for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, this one's going to be uh, gonna be a beatdown. And, I mean, I got the Desert Dogs in the title game, so they're going to have to win this one. Yeah, if this isn't it, then I, I don't really know what you're supposed to do and, and what answers you can look for. I, I, I'm happy to invite you into the abyss where I am. <laughs> I like you this week. Dogs, big. I mean, this is all setting up for a big, big Wolves versus Desert Dogs matchup at the end of the year for the last playoff spot. Do I hear loser leaves town matchup? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's I'm not sure the rest are in town anymore, so it might I mean, be I'm just losers allowed back into town. Matchup. Wolves, Desert Dogs, Week 14, both teams 6-7. and seven. I'm staring it right in the face. And nothing would get the podcast more juicy than that. Yeah, um, I, I don't think I'm in town. I'm, I'm right on the outskirts of town <laughs> at that dive bar that no average person would go to, just sitting alone, talking up the bartender by myself. It's mid afternoon. <laughs> it's it's mid afternoon. All right, uh, next game: Nevermore versus the Renegades. This one, in true Fegley fashion, is projected to be a .2 differential right now um, in the low 90s. Uh, I thought Tyrus made a nice move picking up down to Foreman this week. Uh, he looks to be the lead back until the Yeti's back in Tennessee. Um, he led the team in carries last week. Uh, Mike Davis and Dearness Johnson also potentially getting a bump in work with uh, Cordero Patterson's status uncertain and also Nick Chubb's status still in question. Um, Jalen Hurts has also looked very good of late. I think he's. I think I saw he's the only quarterback to have a top twelve finish every week so far this year. So that trade ends up looking. Uh, like, it was a good move getting him. I'm not sure. Obviously, it hasn't done much for uh, Tyrus's playoff standing, but it was a good move to get a, a player that's done well this year. Uh, let's talk about T. Higgins. He missed uh, weeks three and four to injury. He's played the last five weeks for the Bengals. Has not found the end zone since his return from injury. They're at the Las Vegas Raiders this week. You guys think T. Higgins gets back into the end zone this week for the Bengals? I do. I do. I think uh, I think he scores. I don't think it's a huge week, but I think he gets back in the end zone. Um, things were looking up before the bye. He had two pretty pretty steady games, 97 yards, 78 yards. So he had uh, – things were things were on the up. Um, I, I think he gets into the end zone this week and uh, up towards that 15-point mark. This feels like a Jamar game, if he's even playing. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen any of the injury reports. I don't think he gets into the end zone this week, so Pennsylvania has a no. Um, I'll, I'll just play the odds and say he does score. He hasn't scored in five straight, so 
I think it gets That's not how odds work. Really? Yeah, he, he has eight games played and two touchdowns scored. So the odds would say he's not getting him. No, I think the regression comes back to the mean. Got it. I don't I don't know if that's true or not, but that's the way my brain works, so um and Vegas looked pretty poor against the pass on uh whatever night that was, Sunday night. Um, on the Renegade side, Aaron Jones being out, uh, vaults AJ Dillon into RB one territory. Looks like we might have the return of Saquon on Monday night. Um, DK Metcalf will try not to fight some people against Arizona, but let's see uh, total total points for Aaron Rodgers and AJ Dillon, uh, the two Packers stars this week at Minnesota. Give me a uh, give me a projection. Wow! Uh, get the calculator out. It's not that serious. Just, just you could say anything. It doesn't matter. No one's listening. Let's see, totals forty nine. Expecting a decently high scoring game. Rogers generally plays good against many. That line's only two, which leads me to believe it's going to be pretty close. Um, I think it's a pretty good game for, for both Dylan has proved that he's probably the best handcuff in the league and probably could support his start, starting role by himself somewhere um, I'll say combined total 43 points hmm I think A-Rod gets a 30-bagger. So it, it's more of what Dylan's going to look like. I, give me the 50. I, I'm feeling it this week for the pack. I, I like that 50 number. All right, Rodgers did pop up on the injury report with a toe uh, injury this week. Just saw that today. <clears throat> Based on the, the Vegas numbers that Shane just gave us, I guess Vegas is expecting the Packers to score about three touchdowns this week, I would imagine. Rodgers and Dylan will in some fashion account for all three of them. So that's 18 right there. Uh, we'll just give Rodgers a 300 game. So that's another 12. It's 30. Uh, Dylan gets to 100 total yards. So another 10. It's 40. Call it two catches. We'll go 41 points. Very scientific. And no rushing yards for Rodgers. I like it. No, no, he's got the that toe. That toe's toe, gonna toe, play a big factor. Toe injury. Yep. Um, there was one game this year that I think Rodgers' rushing line was seven and a half, and uh, Eddie took the over, and I don't think he ran once. So it, 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 it has <laughs> happened. Had three so games. I'm looking at it. I said three games where he didn't attempt to rush, so hasn't really been run as much this year. So. All right. Who wins? Nevermore. Versus Renegades, I will say with that point two projection, uh, right now, Feggs does not have a tight end in his lineup, so um, he will be projected to win once he gets someone in there, as long as it stays as is. Uh, yeah, this is a huge one um, for the Renegades, obviously, and this is a huge one for all the three and seven teams, which is never more included. Um, 
can't afford any more losses. This is big for the Desert Dogs, the Steel Curtain, Nevermore. Um, kind of need the Renegades to go down here. Um, looking at the matchups, I think I am going to side with... Uh, I think I'm going to side with the Renegades for, for, for a close victory here. I like Nevermore a little bit, just just a little bit. It, it, it's going to be real close. Kelsey goes off this weekend, and that's enough for him. Might be wishful thinking, but I think I'll take Nevermore as well. Um, you know, Saquon right now is a 13.9 projection. I don't know in what galaxy anyone can project that right now, knowing what we know about him. Zach Moss... I uh, never really know what's going to happen there. Brandon Ayuk, Robbie Anderson. So, I mean, it's not that there's more sure points on the Nevermore side, but um, there, I, I believe, are more question marks in terms of I think some of those projections might be a little off on the Renegade side. So I'll take Nevermore uh, to win this one, but I think it's tight. Uh, let's go with Abusement Park versus the Seawolves. Five and five abusement park against six and four Seawolves. Um, big win for sure last week. Gets uh, gets two games up on me and Eddie. And uh, I guess Tyrus is also three and seven, so two up on us. He's tied right now with the Fleetwood franchise at five and five, and also the Renegades at five and five. So um, with Sure's roster, he's looking like um, he may be able to make this push and get into the playoffs. You should have Damian Harris back this week. Um, Nick Chubb, like I said, still don't really know for sure. He's still on the COVID list, but good matchup for him against Detroit. Uh, Devonta Smith is the new Chris Carter, only catches touchdowns, so that's good for him. Let's talk about Deontay Johnson. We haven't talked much about him this year. He's still a wide receiver, too, ranked number 23. Um, but... We're not sure if Big Ben's going to play this week. Um, last week, he did go 7 for 83 with a fumble in the Mason Rudolph disaster. Um, if Rudolph is still the quarterback this week, can we expect Johnson to get anything close to his 12.6 projection? I'm going to say no. Um, I think the way you beat the Chargers is by running it right at them. And that's kind of what the Steelers are going to need to do. Um, I don't think you beat the Chargers by, by throwing it all over the yard. Um, that being said, I still think Johnson's going to get enough short targets like he always does um, to be relevant, but I think he, he's under 10 points this week. Man, I, I feel bad for everyone, myself included, that watched the Lions-Steelers game last week because watching Rudolph and watching both sides trying to give the game away it, it was pathetic I'm going to venture a prediction to say if Rudolph plays I don't want anyone on the Steelers in my fantasy lineup outside of Harris that's fair do you want them if Ben's out there no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. All right, I just wanted to, wanted to follow up there. If Rudolph plays, to be clear, if the Steelers have anyone playing quarterback, 
<laughs> I don't feel great about having someone in my lineup not named Harris. Uh, it, it, I was wondering why Mason Rudolph was the quarterback, and then Eddie sent me a uh, article today that talked about a reporter that was on the field near some Steelers coaches during pregame. And Haskins was dressed for the game on Sunday as the backup, and uh, every other throw that was just lazy in warm-ups, he would like check his cell phone during the pregame, and uh, the coaches were apparently having a little bit of a fit about him doing that. So he's, you know, just continuously running himself out of town. So you know that that would explain why Mason Rudolph was the selection to play this week, and. Uh, or last week, sorry. Mason Rudolph wasn't even the worst quarterback in that game uh, last week. Jared Goff, I think it was like the fourth quarter, and he only had like 53 yards passing. Um, just, Zero to Hawkinson. Yeah, horrible, horrible game for both those guys. Steelers just need to cut cut bait and face reality. Get, get rid of Ben. Get rid of every other quarterback on the roster. Try and get a free agent, but know that you're not a playoff team for the next few years. Uh, Phil, who do you want to talk about on your team? <clears throat> Is there anyone? So here, here's the answer. If Kyler Murray plays, I'll make an effort this week. If he's out, I doubt I even fill the roster. I'm going to take the Eddie role into play here and say I don't have any kind of a shot if Kyler Murray doesn't play. <laughs> Well, you may get a boost with Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, I thought he looked really good Monday night. Uh, and, this is where I am. And Elijah Mitchell uh, had surgery on his hand yesterday for a broken finger, I believe. They're thinking Mitchell still may be able to play. But if he doesn't, is Jeff Wilson Jr. an RB1 this week? I say yes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> As Kaz is talking, I'm, I'm having one of those flashback moments of what we talked about last week, how we just had no clue what we're talking about, and how he's embarrassed after he looks at the game logs. Jeff Wilson Jr. last week, 10 for 28. I uh, thought he looked <laughs> good, though. You said the same thing. Uh, and, he and looked good on those plays. The part is, I thought he looked decent last week, too. I was like, man, he actually looks decent. Uh, this is why we I have feel, I feel like it was his first couple of carries. He had, like, Half of those yards, it was probably his last six or seven, he had like 10 or 12 yards. Um, but to answer your question, is he an RB1 this week? At Jacksonville. At Jacksonville? <clears throat> uh, if Mitchell doesn't yes, play, too. If Mitchell doesn't play, yes, he is. This is the JWJ game that, that Phil was hoping for. JWJ? Man, this feels so sad. This is this is the guy. This is why you kept him. Couch cushions are off the couch, scraping up change, and I'm heading over to the casino. That that that's what this is. Because we're really stretched for content with how bad this team is. I I, I can't see him as an RB one. Will he be in my lineup? Absolutely. I don't see him as an RB one. Yeah, I mean you have to like his prospects better than like a Tyler Johnson, um, or even Adrian Peterson. Um, uh-huh. So, the people's elbow. <laughs> no, if you want to run that guy out there again. <laughs> oh, God. All right, everyone says sure. Let's go. 
Yeah, I think uh, I like JWJ this week. He has he has a couple games like that every year, and you know they ran the ball probably forty times last week. I actually think the best running back on this team. It was very clear. It's, it's Debo Samuel. Yeah. Um, not sure why they line him up outside. Seems really dumb. Because um, I think Mitchell had twenty seven carries for ninety one yards. Just yeah. awful, embarrassing. Um, all right, who wins? Abuseman Park versus the Seawolves. I think I'll take the park. Even if Kyler plays. Yeah, not going to mess around here. The, it's the park and it's not close. I don't think Marty's going to suit up. So via any rule, given the W sure. All right, next game, four and six bowl evils. Against the seven and three, take your ball and go home. Uh, Teabag hoping to get DeAndre Hopkins back this week. <clears throat> um, James Conner finding his way into the lineup again, and the corpse of Devonta Freeman also. Um, Shane's probably wondering why Aaron Jones still has a D next to his name. He'd love to get him in the IR spot so he could free up a couple more spots. Dan Arnold also making an appearance in the on the Teabag roster this week. With Dallas Goddard status in question. Um, what did James Conner do last week? We never even talked about it. He got in the end zone to salvage the week. Nice. Um, ten I for wasn't 39. too far off on my projection, but it was 10 for 39. <laughs> <laughs> I think I said, what, 13 for... I don't even know what I sent to you guys. 11 for 37 or something? Yeah. that on my roster. Uh, let's talk about Brandon Cooks for Stein's team at Tennessee. Last time we saw Brandon Cooks, he went 6 for 56 in that ugly Houston-Miami game. Um, he's had at least five catches in all weeks but one this year. Somehow put up a 5 for 21 game against Arizona, which is just odd. But he's been, he's been okay um, sitting there at Wide receiver 25 this year. Kind of a game do you think Cooks has at Tennessee this week? Not good. Um, don't like the prospects for him this week. Um, we'll say they should be throwing the ball because they should be losing by a lot. But I, I, I don't think it's a big Cooks week. Um, I think... Uh, Tennessee defensive line is going to give Houston offensive line some fits and going to be in the quarterback's face all day. Not going to be enough time to get close to the ball. Um, give me four for for 40. All right. Let me translate that analysis into betting advice that our listeners should follow. That means take Texans plus the points this weekend. And hammer the cooks over. Amber the Cook's over. I, I, I like him this week. I think he gets to double digits. But I, I did want to mention one other point here, Shane. Yeah, where, where, where are you getting your Jaguar scouting reports? Because I feel like every week there is some new Jag 
on your team that makes me feel like you must have some kind of inside information that you're working on. Awesome. I was looking at my roster this morning and I was like, God damn, I have too many Jaguars on my roster. And then, and then like, I what are you seeing that I'm just not seeing? Like, James Conner benched weekly in favor of these no-name Jaguars. What, what are you seeing out there that we're just all not seeing? <laughs> There's scraps on the waiver wire, man. There's there's nothing to pick up. It's horrible. It's horrible on the waiver wire. I have Goddard, who might not play because he got knocked out last week, so I needed to make sure I had a tight end. Um, So I went and picked up two of those. And I would prefer to start with Logan Thomas, but he might not play either, it looks like, so... Yeah, if Hopkins can't if Hopkins can't go, and you don't think Cooks is gonna have a good game, maybe do we see the three tight end set from taking one goal? The big set. We're gonna be playing some power football against the Eagles this week. Uh, there's there's not any other options out there. Um, I I think Cooks has a good game. I'll say uh, you know, I think I say this every week about someone five for seventy five. Uh, ten point game, so Shane loves when his guys can get at least ten points. That's that's a thing for him. Is. So, man, Miles Gaskin still over there on the Bull Weevil side, <laughs> averaging three point four yards per carry. Uh, Locked into that RB one slot. Yep. Uh, we'll bring this up. This question that uh, Spears and I had on the phone this week: Do you guys think? Uh, do you guys think Jarvis Landry is good at football still? On the Bull Weevil side, it doesn't seem like it. Um, been non-existent this year. Um, hurt for a little bit, but really been been a non-factor in, in their in their passing game and I mean the Cleveland passing game has kind of been a non-factor all season regardless um but I I'm going to venture to say this guy's this guy's washed I think uh I think his run's over so so no he, he's a wide receiver seven based on his current <laughs> ranking once drafted for $55 after cause watched three episodes of Hard Knocks before the draft he's done I, I mean, if if not the last few games, then then when with this guy, uh, I'm out on him. If not the last three games, when the answer is against Detroit this week. This week. <laughs> Landry huge. Anytime you can, anytime you can start a receiver against Detroit, that's likely to lead his team in targets. You do it. Just like we saw last week with the Steelers. Right now, projected. <laughs> right now, projected for ten points. So, a man after Shane's own heart. Um, who do you have winning? Take your ball and go home versus the Weevils right now. Take your ball and go home. Eleven point seven point favorites. Um, I don't see anything that might change in terms of guys in the lineup on either side. Shane's keeper, Jamal Williams, still not making the lineup. Um, that's how you get value at the draft, baby. Jamal Williams. Who do you guys have winning? I'll take, take your ball and go home. 
true teabag fashion, this is going to be another <laughs> low-scoring slugfest. <laughs> um, we're going to have to try to win our fourth game of the year where we just put up 85 points or less. Um, man, this is going to be bad. But <laughs> God, both teams are in dire straits. I, I think I'll take teabag 70 to 65. Oh, my God. It's gonna be bad. These are bad my, teams right now. My, my body, my body needs the touchdown dependent three te stack this weekend. <laughs> out of I like it. Give me the tea bags, big. <laughs> you know, Tyreek Hill and Michael Pittman it might be the two best players in this game this week. And they're on the other side. And Hunter Henry Thursday night against Atlanta. He might be the third best player in this matchup. If you take out the quarterback. But I still think uh still think teabag is enough to get it done. Alright, Steel Curtain against Fleetwood franchise, two of the better uh better rosters in the league. Steel Curtain at three and seven franchise lost a tough one last week at five and five uh five and five. Um, right now, Curtin, six-point favorites in this matchup. Ryan Tannehill getting the start uh, with Matt Stafford on by. Matt Stafford's been on by the last two weeks, though, as well, it seems. Uh, Josh Jacobs has not been great. Um, seven for 16, five garbage time catches last week to kind of salvage a six-point effort. Um, his best rushing total of the season was in week nine against the Giants, 13 for 76. He's really been saved by touchdowns. Uh, what do you guys make of Josh Jacobs? You know, Eddie and I talk a lot about his team, and it, it just seems like this new coaching staff uh, prefers Kenyon Drake. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to put too much stake into last week's game, considering just the game script and, and they were trailing most of the time, so you really didn't get a chance to establish establish much of a running game. But even so, it's kind of been kind of been a down year for for Jacobs and, and what we're expecting out of this guy. Um, you're right. I mean, if he hasn't, he's got five touchdowns on the year. Um, other than that, like there's there's just nothing there. There's no yards there. I mean, he's right around the 40, 50 range in, in per game when when he plays. I mean, this is nothing more than an, a bottom end RB two slash flex play. Um, yeah, he he's an RB three right now, even though he's had five touchdowns on the year, which which is a problem. And I'm not feeling that great about him. Would he start for the Sea Wolves? Absolutely, he would. <laughs> On this team, it's a weak spot. I mean, is there a move to be made there, do you think? Yeah, James Robinson, David Montgomery in the flex. Montgomery looked good two weeks ago in his return back for the Bears. Uh, Mike Williams sitting there on the bench with a matchup against Pittsburgh. That feels like there's some room to grow there for Mike Williams. Would you guys consider sitting, uh, sitting Jacobs down? And that's the thing. Like, how can you how can you trust Mike Williams right now? He's been just non-existent for the last month. Um, 
guess if you're gonna go anywhere, it's probably Williams. But I, man, that's it's basically a toss up. But I, I think you, 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 you flip a coin a couple times between Jacobs, Williams, Manny Sanders, and just whatever happens, happens. That's what I was gonna say. You might want to consider Sanders too. But boy, sure be nice to have options of, of who to start. I think I'd find Mike Williams in my lineup. I think so too. I think it could be a good, good Williams game on Sunday night. I think the Steelers have been uh, a little suspect against uh, the deep ball. Saw the Bears kind of carve them up a little bit on uh, deeper routes. Franchise looking a little light in the pants this week too with. Uh, Javante Williams and Daryl Henderson on by and Cordero Patterson uh, being a game-time decision for tomorrow night's matchup against the Patriots. Currently have uh, Allen Robinson in the starting lineup. Uh, Michael Carter's been pretty good of late. So that was a nice little uh, little hold there for the franchise. He's been um, double digits four out of his last five. And the one game he didn't was the beatdown against Indy at 9.1. So it's been a nice little bye week fill-in here for the franchise in the last couple weeks. Uh, I don't know if CEH is ready to go, so Darrell Williams should still be in play this week. Josh Allen gets a pretty good matchup against Indy. Talked about Jamar Chase. And obviously in time, uh, Allen's looking good. Diggs is as well. So there are still some good matchups on the franchise side. Um... A.J. Brown, talked about him last week. I'm not going to talk about him this week, but I do want to just circle back on that, Phil, because one for 16 and one carry for seven yards. I feel like we were right about that one. Right, so one, one of the many. Uh, and, <laughs> and now you gotta you got to be thinking, is he in that fodder conversation? <laughs> Well, I will say, I think A.J. Brown's played four games against uh, Houston in his career, and I think he's averaging 25 points a game in those uh, four efforts. So, fire A.J. Brown up this week, despite what we said last week. Um, Let's talk about Michael Carter. We haven't really talked about him at all this year. Uh, Shane once made him the number three overall pick in a dynasty draft. (laughs) Um, it's actually not been a terrible pick considering some of the other got left out of the room got left out of the room you could add Travis Etienne and his zero points this year so Carter uh, pretty good matchup against Miami this week it will be Joe Flacco announced today starting for the Jets how do you guys feel about Michael Carter this week I feel like the fact that Flacco's out there leads to a lot of carries for Michael Carter yeah, I mean, this guy's been been really good for the last six games. I mean, he's getting double-digit carries, and he's getting a decent amount of looks out of the backfield. So, I mean, he's just falling into a, a kind of a perfect RB2 of, of what you had hoped for if you, if you drafted this guy. I mean, you weren't really expecting him to be an RB1, top-notch RB1, but, I mean, if you draft him, you were hoping to, to, to sneak an RB2 um, or a, at least a flex play every week, and that's what he's been. Um, you probably got good value on him if you did, especially in a league like this. I mean, I, I don't even know 
what he went for if wasn't much. I think it was like nine bucks. Um, yeah, so I mean, you paid nine bucks for a guy that's RB20 and putting up double-digit weeks every week. So he's been outstanding. He's been consistent, which is the big thing. I mean, he you can basically pencil him in for, for 15 touches every week, which is what you're looking for. 20 touches a week. Uh, he's 15. got that. He's getting more than that. I thought you, yeah, I said 15, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, he's, he's getting 20. Uh, yeah. More weeks than not the last few weeks. You got to like that volume. And with Kaz's regression analysis, that's going to translate to more points huh. based on what we're seeing here. Solid play. Regression would mean that he kind of fall backwards, I think. But um, we can talk about that offline. Don't need to waste anyone's time with that. You say, did you say a 20-point week? The amount of touches he's had, he's only had four touchdowns this year. Did you say a 20-point week this week? Uh, I didn't, but I'm, I'm willing to go there. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> uh, just backing his way into the 20-point effort. Well, Carter's best game of the season was a couple weeks ago, uh, week eight against Cincinnati. He had 27.7. He had nine catches for 95 yards in that game. Um, Miami looked like they could give up a little bit against the run last week. I mean, I saw Devonta Freeman out there, like, kind of looking like he was having a little juice. You guys can check the game logs and see how wrong I am about that. Um, you're, you're, you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> right. I thought I thought Freeman looked semi-alive last week. Why are you guys still listening? <laughs> ten, 10 for 35. <laughs> yeah, so J, JWJ-esque. Um, yeah, I'll go 20 for Carter as well. Let's do it. Let's uh, wow. let's lock him in. FanDuel lineup. FGP's under yes. big. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God, you guys are just trying to kick dirt on the, on the two-time defending champ here. Uh, 25 from Brown, 20 from Carter. Uh, I was kind of... I was looking at who it's going to be that's going to that's going to get Ed this week. I know he's been just beaten up over big weeks from from some from players at the last few weeks, and uh, man, you guys are looking like it's going to be Brown and apparently Carter. Well, there's a lot of options. I mean, the Bills have been a little sus, uh, except for last week. I guess they they put up some big games, but um, Jamar Chase didn't score. I think in his last game. Uh, I think this is a huge week for the franchise, and I'll take them to win against the curtain. Yeah, this is uh, this is the last stand here for for the two time champ, two time defending champ. Um, now or never, going up against one of the other good teams in the league, one of the better teams in the league. I, I gotta say, I like the matchups for the franchise side, but. I believe the Curtain have the best roster. And I think it's going to be a big week for them as well. Give me the Curtain 135 to 130. Big week for both. I like the franchise roster a lot. And to Shane's point, I like the matchups this week too. But this is a get right game for Eddie. Curtain, big. He's really up against it, though, man. Like, you know, even if he is able to pull this one out, 
his schedule the rest of the way is just brutal. Um, let's pull that up quick. He has the franchise this week. A little bit of an easier game next week against the Weevils, but then he ends with the flock in Abusement Park. So, you know, Eddie, while he's made a lot of good moves this year and has put himself in position to have a chance to uh, make it a three-peat, I just... I don't see it happen. I, I don't think there's any way he runs. Yeah, that four a lot's straight. gonna have to go his way. I mean, obviously he's gonna have to win out, um, and he's still gonna need a little help. But yeah, not the uh, not the schedule you'd want there, having to face uh, three of the better teams in the league for sure um, out of the last four games. He's gonna earn it if he gets in. All right, game of the week, top two records in the league squaring off here. Uh, in the last game, before we finish with our division matchups to end the season, 9-1 Flock against 8-2 Mixed Mad Dogs. Uh, the Mad Dogs have heard the disrespect that's been thrown out there, and they popped off for a huge week last week, led by their quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, and his five-tug effort on Sunday night against the, uh, the Raiders, putting up almost a 50-burger. Uh, Zeke had... 20 points at halftime, finished with 19 for Dallas last week, so that was kind of interesting. Uh, Devo had a huge game. Renfro caught a touchdown. Um, this team is starting to get healthy at the right time. Uh, just need Calvin Ridley to come back. I'm not sure that's going to happen. Um, and I'd still like to see maybe a little better uh, running back in the RB2 spot. I'm not sure, even when Hilaire comes back, I'm not sure he's going to be the guy. Williams has been just fine. Um, I could see them being more of a a split backfield. So I, I'd like to see for him heading into the playoffs a little better running back situation. But if Mahomes is going to play the way he did on Sunday night, it's not going to matter. And uh, Debo as well, he's been just outstanding. Right now the flock are nine-point favorites in this one. We'll start off with the Mad Dogs. Um, that, that Dallas KC game is going to be uh, juicy right there. Um, let's see. Devonta. Uh, oh, so, so what exactly is he supposed to do about his RB2 slot? No, I, I'm not saying like, I'm not saying that there's something to be done. It's just, you know, comparing him to other teams that he's probably going to have to go against in the playoffs. I think that's a weak spot for him. You just said, I'd like to see him do something about his RB2 slot. No, I, I, that's not what I meant. I just said like, you know, there's nothing to do. It's not. Don't 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 hear what I didn't say. Even if I said it. You got <laughs> Herbert out there on the wire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Devonte Adams has not scored um, in three Game weeks. Well. Does he score this week <laughs> against Minnesota? Shut up. I'm done. We have five minutes. Does Devontae Adams score this week? Yes. Yes, he does. Um, Twice. No, give me just once. Um, Only three touchdowns on the year for for Devontae after what seemed like was 100 last year. Um, But, yeah, he gets back in the end zone this week. Give me uh give me a big big Devontae week. Um one of those signature 
10 catches, 120 yards on a score. If Rodgers is going to put up a 30-burger and I'm going to keep my predictions consistent, Adams has to get it in twice this weekend. <laughs> I'm a Phil. I think he scores twice. And just to fact-check the podcast, Shane said Adams had 100 touchdowns last year. It was only 18. So yet okay. again, yet again <laughs> another situation in which we're very wrong. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think Adams has a nice game this week. Uh, I'll, I'll go with Phil. Two touchdowns for Devontae. On the flock side, uh, Marquise Brown popped up on the injury report today. He didn't practice. Um, Jonathan Taylor, number one running back, averaging 20.3. We only have a couple minutes. I just want to quickly check here. His worst game of the last seven outings has been 17.5. Dude is just rolling. Is he the top keeper heading into 2022? Yeah. Yes. I need a shower. <laughs> this, this is the worst, best team I've ever seen in my life. All of these players, at some point or another, I have made fun of. <laughs> either the last few weeks or even before the season. And I have been completely wrong on everyone. So, let's just keep the streak going. He's not the number one keeper going into next year, but that means he probably will be. Derrick Henry's not the number one keeper, Phil. Stop. I, I don't think he is. All right, who are you trying to say? Kamara? Who do you have winning Flock versus Mad Dogs? Yeah, this is this is a good one. Um, big jolt of life last week for the Mad Dogs with Patty Mahomes starting to starting to breathe a little life into the squad. Um, they're going to need it down the stretch. Um, this is a really, really good look. Really good looking team in the flock here. I was looking at their roster today, man. Like their worst player is basically like TJ Lockett, and he's wide receiver like twenty six. Um, everyone else TJ is Lockett he's got running, running back one, wide receiver one. Um, give me the Mad Dogs because we've been down them all year, and it just seemed to win somehow. Yeah, I, th- I think TJ gets a tugger this weekend. Give me the flock. I like this roster. Head to toe. Just solid. TJ Lockett would be the worst player on every team in the league because I don't know who that is. Um, but Tyler Lockett. <laughs> Tyler Lockett, I agree, is the worst player on the flock squad right now. Maybe Marquise Brown. Um, depends how you're feeling about those receivers on a given week. We'll see how DJ Moore is able to hold up with Cam Newton firing ground balls out in the rest of the season. Um, but I'll I'll take this I'll take the flock to win this one. So CJ Lock. <laughs> We're coming off the rails here. Uh. Um, we got a minute left. Shane, I know you're excited. Give it to us. Uh, I'm jacked up. Big 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 week. Um in this one right here that we just talked about for the number one overall seed. But a lot of big matchups. I mean, Desert Dogs, two-time champs on the ropes. Steel Curtain, two-time defending champ on the ropes. Um, I'm betting they come out fighting and uh, salvage their season for at least another week. So, lots lot to look forward to here. Show some respect. I'm a three-time champ. Goddamn. He's right. You're right. Wake me up when dogs play the wolves with everything on the line. 
<laughs> you do look tired, my man. I think you need to go get some sleep. Um, so thank you both for joining me. This was fun. Glad we were able to talk about week 11. And uh, best of luck to everybody in week 11. And we will talk to you next week to preview week 12 in the Sons of Fantasy Football League.